Open your Bibles, please, to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 3. I want to talk to you tonight about how to recognize the voice of God. Now, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is found in John chapter 10, in verse number 27. And Jesus said this, my sheep hear my voice. Say that with me. My sheep hear my voice. And in the next phrase, Jesus said, and I know them and they follow me. And so one of the characteristics of a Christian is that we should be able to recognize the voice of God, that we should be able to clearly hear the voice of God. And yet, if we were honest, some, some of us would have to say, sometimes it's not so easy to hear God's voice and to discern God's voice. I want you to listen tonight. We're going to bring up three or four what I think to be very recognizable voices, and I want to see if you can identify who these voices or whose uh, voice, how do you say that? Whose these voices are? Who these voices belong to? Who's saying this? Let's see if we can hear the first voice. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Who's that? John F. Kennedy, we're all familiar with that speech, and we all know that voice. Even those of us who were born after he died, we, we know that voice. Voice number two. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. We all, know, we all know who that was, right, President Reagan? We had a Democrat and a Republican. How fair can you be? I mean, it's pretty fair. Voice number three. To infinity and beyond. Who is that? Buzz Lightyear, and I played, the, I played this for the students the other night. They all got it wrong. I had no idea who that was. But I do, when I heard it, I did remember, because at Disney World, there's a ride that you can do that I have done, the Buzz Lightyear ride. So that voice came back to me. Now, the fourth voice, every last one of us, if you have any culture about you at all, you should be able to recognize this voice right here. <laughs> who is that? Fred Flintstone, greatest cartoon ever made. And so those are recognizable voices. But, you know, there would be something wrong with us if we were able to recognize the voice of Fred Flintstone more clearly than we recognize the voice of God. And so tonight, what I want to do in the message is I want to show us some things from the Scripture about how we can better and more clearly recognize the voice of God. In 1 Samuel chapter number 3, we're going to begin reading tonight in verse number 1, and we're going to read the first 10 verses. So follow along. If you, don't, if you didn't bring a Bible in the pew rack in front of you, there should be a Bible. 1 Samuel chapter number 3, beginning in verse number 1. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place. And when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was. And while Samuel was lying down that the Lord called to Samuel. And he answered, here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And Eli said, I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Now remember, Eli is the priest. Then the Lord called again, and he said, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. 
Eli answered, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. And so in this passage of Scripture, at least we can use this tonight as a springboard, as a launching pad to take us where we need to go. How can we recognize the voice of God? From this passage of Scripture, four things are very clear to me. And they should be clear to all of us when we think about it. First of all, it is clear that God's voice is always personal. Every time God called Samuel, he called him by name. The first time he said Samuel. The second time he said Samuel. And the next time he called his name twice. And so God's voice is always very personal. Anytime God gets ready to speak to you, God will always speak to you in, in some way that you can understand. Now, it, it's most likely not going to be an audible voice. I have never heard the audible voice of God. There was one time in my life, back in about 1993, when I was driving down an interstate, and I can't say I heard his voice audibly, but it was the closest thing to audible that I had ever heard. It was so strong in my heart that I could almost hear it with my ears, but I don't think I did. I don't think I've ever heard God's voice audibly. And so what I'm saying is God will speak to you in a way that you can understand. God knows you. Remember, the Bible says that God made us in His image. He knows everything about us, and He knows just what to say to get our attention. For me, sometimes the way God has spoken to me personally has been through a sermon, through my quiet time, God speaks to me through my quiet time, time regularly. Sometimes God will speak personally to me through a song on the radio. I will hear a song, and I'll just happen to be in my car when that song came on, and here's the song playing, and God is speaking to me. Earlier today, I was in the dentist's office, and they had Christian uh, music on in the background. And while the lady was cleaning my teeth, I was listening to one of my favorite songs. Isn't it nice when God lets you hear a good song in the dentist's office because you need something comforting at a time like that? I said to the girl, I said, that's one of my favorite songs. Do you have it on KSBJ? And she said, yes, yes, I do. And so sometimes God will just speak to us. Don't ever underestimate music and how God will speak to you. I've, I've mentioned before that there have been times in my life that I have been driving down the road at what I would call, you know, fairly critical times in my life. And I have heard, a lot. I mean, I love so many songs, but one of the songs that, got, that I just seem to be in my car when it comes on, The Anchor Holds, one of my favorite songs. And I look back over my life, last 15 or 16, 17 years, and I cannot tell you how many times I've been driving down the road on a particular day thinking about something 
And there comes that song. And I know in my, if, if Jesus Christ was sitting in my car next to me and saying to me, John, I'm in control. Everything's going to be fine. The anchor holds. It would not be any clearer to me than it is through that song. And another song that God has used to speak to me, and it's not as familiar, it's not as old, it's a more contemporary song. It's a song called Blessings by a girl named Laura Story. And in that song, the background of that song was her husband was diagnosed with a brain tumor, completely rocked their world. And out of that experience, she wrote this song called Blessings. And in the song, and I didn't think to familiarize myself with the lyrics before I came out here tonight, but in the song, she talks about how sometimes the difficulties and the heartaches in life and the difficult things we go through, they're really blessings in disguise. And there have been so many times or several times in my life when I'm going through something and I hear that song in the radio, what if you're... uh, Well, I can't remember how to quote it, right? But something about uh, God's blessings come in different shapes and different sizes. And so God can speak to us even through a song. I have one friend who loves redbirds. She absolutely loves redbirds. And every time she looks at a redbird, I guess because it's red and the blood of Jesus and so on, but she always thinks about God. She always thinks about Jesus. And anytime she sees a redbird, on her back fence or anywhere, it just immediately makes her mind think about God. And so God has a way of speaking. I received a text message Sunday morning right before the first service from a lady who had taken a picture from our parking lot of a rainbow in the sky. And it's really beautiful. And she said, John, this rainbow is a reminder, talking about what she and some of her friends were going through right now, that God is with us, that his promises are true. So God can speak to you in a lot of different ways. But what I'm saying is, God may not speak to you through a red bird or through those songs I've mentioned or through a rainbow or something like that, but God knows what your heart is tender towards. And that's what God will tend to speak to you about. But remember this, God's voice is always personal. Now, second thing I notice about God's voice here, especially when he's talking to, uh, to Samuel, and that is God's voice is persistent. God's voice is persistent. He continued to call Samuel. In fact, uh, four times, actually, he called him three times, and the first three times he went to Eli, and then he came back on that fourth time. And that's when he mentioned Samuel's voice twice. I misspoke earlier and said it was the third time. It was actually the fourth time when he said, Samuel, Samuel. But the point is, when God wants to speak to you about something, he will keep saying the same thing over and over and over and over until you get the message. Sometimes when a person is unsaved and they need to get saved, One of the things that God will do, he will keep getting the message to that person about salvation over and over and over and over again. Or maybe you're struggling with something else in your life. It's amazing how when God speaks to us, it seems like every sermon was written just for us. Every devotional, it's like, God, how did you know I needed to hear that today? Everything we hear on the radio even, we just... And what I'm saying is when you start, when you're struggling with something, maybe fear, or maybe anxiety, whatever it might be, and you keep hearing the same message over and over and over. Maybe Let me use this example. Maybe you're in the process of making a decision right now, 
And in your flesh, you want to just do something. You want to make a decision and go with it. But in your spirit, you feel like God is saying, hold your horses. Wait just a little bit before you do that. So you want to act, and yet in your heart of hearts, you feel like God is saying, wait just a little bit longer. And then you come to church, and here's a sermon on waiting. And you turn on the radio, and there's another sermon on waiting. And you read your devotions today, and the devotional is on waiting. Waiting, And you read your Bible reading, and you're in Psalm 37, and God's saying, wait. And somebody hands you a book on waiting. Everything seems, <laughs> everything seems to be about waiting. And then you hear a song on the radio, God is in the waiting. And you're like, okay, I got the message. Everywhere I turn, I'm hearing this about waiting. What I'm saying is, that is typical of God. That is how He works. He is persistent, and He will keep getting the same message across in lots of different ways just to protect us and just so we'll know what He wants us to do. Now, something else about God's voice. And let me just say it this way. God's voice is more easily recognized when we're in the right place. The way I wrote it out in my notes says it this way. God's voice is more easily heard in the house of God. Now remember when Samuel was hearing God's voice, he was in the tabernacle. This is before the temple was ever built. But he was in the tabernacle. He was in the house of God. Now let's look at something very interesting. Look down in the seventh verse of this chapter. The Bible says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. So Samuel had never been saved. Samuel had never given his life over to God. And that verse is extremely important. This is one of the reasons God was speaking to Samuel. God's in the process of establishing a personal relationship with this young man. It's interesting, if you go back to the first of the verse, it says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. Doesn't call him a child. Earlier in the book, he's referred to as a child. Here he's referred to as a boy. The Jewish historian Josephus said, at this time, Samuel was probably about 12 years of age. Some think he was even a little bit older. Maybe he was a teenager. But the point is, he was, he was old enough by this time to develop a personal relationship with God. And so God was speaking to him. Now, contrast that. Turn back to chapter number 2 of this same book and look in verse number 12. And contrast the fact that Samuel is in the tabernacle. His heart is very tender toward God. His parents had dedicated him to God when he was born and brought him to the tabernacle to stay there with Eli. And so he's in, what I'm saying is he was in an environment where it was easier to hear God speak. Now contrast that, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 12. Now the sons of Eli were corrupt. They were wicked. They were involved in all kinds of sin. Notice the next phrase. They did not know the Lord. They did not know the Lord. Now, it says Samuel didn't know the Lord, and it says these boys here didn't know the Lord, and yet in Samuel's case, God was speaking to him. Now, I'm sure God was speaking to Eli's sons too, but in this verse, we don't read that he was. But even if God was speaking to them, they would have had more difficulty hearing God's voice because they, had, they were living such ungodly, sinful lives. They were, they were not in the, in the tabernacle doing what Samuel was doing. And so my point is, if you have a heart that is tender to God, 
and you spend time in the church, and you spend time in the Word, and you listen to Christian music, and you associate with other Christians, it's going to be easier for you to hear God's voice than it would be if you're out on your own. As far as we know, Eli's sons never did get right with God. They never did get saved. And it wasn't that God didn't love them, and it wasn't that God didn't want them to be saved, but it's that they were so involved in their sin that God's voice either never was clear or maybe God made it clear and they just made a decision. We don't want to have anything to do with you. We want to do what we want to do. The point is, even on this Wednesday night, and it'll be interesting in a few minutes when I give the invitation to see if anybody gets saved. I wouldn't be surprised if some several might because you tonight are in an environment where God's word is being taught, where God's spirit has complete freedom to work. You're not out doing all kind of other things. Your focus tonight is on God. And so it'll be interesting in a few minutes to see if there's anybody here who needs to get saved because tonight would be a very easy time for that to happen. So God's voice is personal and it's persistent. It's more easily heard when we're in the right place, especially in the house of God. And then another thing that is, seems clear to me, sometimes we need someone else to help us understand what God is saying to us. Sometimes we need someone else to help us understand what God is saying to us. And Samuel had Eli. See, when he first started hearing this voice, Samuel, 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 he thought it was Eli. And so he went to Eli and he said, you have called me. And Eli had to help him understand, no, it's not, I'm not the one who's calling you. That's God calling you. Go back to your room, get back in your bed, and say this. Say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Now, I, if I hear that voice again, I'm going to know it's God. He did that, and God spoke to him again. And so we all need some Eli's in our lives who can help us interpret the voice of God. I'll give you a, I don't know if this is the most recent example, but I'll give you a fairly recent example. About two or three Wednesday nights ago, after the high school service, I finished the service, hung around there for a few minutes, talked to those kids, and then I was leaving to come back to the office to go home. And one of the students, in fact, he's one of the leaders of the student of the youth group. He's one of the finest kids I've ever met. He said to me, John, do you mind if I, he said, can I talk to you for just a minute? I said, yeah. And so we sat down in, up in that hallway up there, and he said, I need you to help me figure something out. I said, well, I don't know if I can be figured out or not, but what is it? He said, well, I, I think I'm saved, but I can't tell whether I am or not. And I said, well, let's talk about that. And I said to him, tell me when you think you got saved. And he told me his salvation experience when he was a child. And it sounded very genuine, extremely genuine. He had been convicted of sin. That's always the main thing you want to make sure that they understand they had sinned and so on. He's sharing that to me. And he said, but sometimes when I come to church or just sometime when I'm alone, I wonder if I'm truly saved. And I can't tell. And I said to him, you're having a hard time telling if you're saved and the devil is trying to make you doubt it or if you're lost and the Holy Spirit has you under conviction. He said, I'm having a terrible time figuring that out. And I said, well, here's the first thing I want to say to you is, I'm not, I can't be God to you. I can't tell you, I can't authoritatively say to you whether you're saved or not. Only the Holy Spirit can bear witness in your spirit. I can't, I can't give you assurance. 
I said, but I will say this, based on the testimony that you shared with me, if you're asking my opinion, it sounds like that you are saved, that when you were a child, the Holy Spirit convicted you, you repented of your sins, you asked Christ to save you, you trusted him to do that. And it seems like to me now you're just lacking assurance. And the devil's, it's the devil doing this, not God. That's my opinion, but you have to take that before the Lord and let God either confirm or deny my, my diagnosis of this spiritual case. And so we finished our conversation there that night. And In fact, I think at the end of that, he said, well, would you mind if we just prayed and I could just make 100% sure? And so we had that prayer. But anyway, I've been back with that young man several times in the, on the Wednesday night services, and he just seems peaceful. He seems calm. He seems to have the full assurance of his salvation. So what I'm saying is, on that particular night, he just needed somebody to listen to him and somebody to give him a little insight, to give him a nugget of thought, and in that case, to pray with him. He did want to make 100% sure. But what I'm saying is, I have people like that in my life. My father, for all these years, has been that for me. And you need people like that in your life. And some of you have been that for me. But we all need somebody that we can go to, especially when we're young, but really all through life, and just say, I think this is what God's saying, but I don't know. And sometimes you see this with children, and they're thinking about becoming a Christian. Holy Spirit's convicting them, and yet they don't quite know how to verbalize that, even to their parents. And uh, so sometimes a kid will see another, one of their friends getting baptized, and they'll say to their parents, well, I, hey, I want to get baptized. And sometimes a parent will just say, well, you're not ready to get baptized. You can't get baptized until you get saved. Well, if the, child, the parent knows best, certainly. But what I'm saying is that may be the only way the child even knows, up, knows to bring up, up a spiritual conversation. And sometimes it's true for an adult. So we all need somebody in our life who can help us. And we say, hey, I think this is what God is saying to me. I think this is what God's leading me to do. But I can't quite tell. We all need some Eli's. Now, are you still with me? Say amen. Let's kind of shift a gear here tonight, make a little transition in this Bible study. And let me ask this question, because those are just some of the ways that God speaks. Now, let's, let's think about this. How specifically does God speak to us? How's God going to speak to you? I've already said, more than likely, it will not be audibly. I wish I could say that God will speak to you just like I'm speaking to you. <laughs> and you'll be able to say, well, there's God. I have no doubt about that. I recognize that. Well, he might. I would never say that God can't speak. God can do whatever he wants to do. Sometimes you'll hear somebody say, well, God doesn't don't do this. God can do whatever he wants to do. The odds are he's not going to do that. So how does God speak? Let me mention five ways. Let me just scoot through this list. Number one, the primary way that God speaks to us is through the Bible. This book that I have in my hand is the Word of God. And this is the primary way God speaks. Somebody says, well, why doesn't God speak to us like he spoke to Samuel or like he spoke even to David or Elijah? Why doesn't God speak to us more like that? Remember, back during those times, they didn't have a Bible like this. And even in the New Testament with with uh, Peter and Andrew and James and John. They had the Old Testament, but they didn't have the New Testament like we have today. And so God's primary way that he will speak to us is through the Bible. Let me give you a verse to back that up. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. The Bible says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Say that with me. Faith comes by hearing 
and hearing by the Word of God. So God speaks to us primarily through His Word. That's why if you're not reading the Bible every day, you are missing God's primary way of speaking to you. And so don't, don't overlook that or don't neglect that. Now, the second way that God speaks to us is through His Spirit. Through His Spirit. Remember, in Old Testament times, and even for much of the New Testament, those people didn't have the Holy Spirit living in them. In Old Testament times, you read about the Spirit of God coming on people. God's Spirit came on David for a particular time. But as Christians living in our day, in the age of grace... The Spirit of God comes to live in us. And so we have something they didn't have. We have Jesus living in our hearts. You know, we hear, we talk about inviting Jesus to come into our hearts. Well, that's exactly what happens when you get saved. Jesus Christ comes to live in your heart in the person of the Holy Spirit. And one of the things the Holy Spirit will do is to speak to you. He will communicate to you. Before you got saved, God spoke to you from the outside. Just like God was speaking to Samuel. Samuel, Samuel. But after we get saved, God speaks to us from the inside. And so it's the Spirit of God speaking. Now, you say, John, can you help me understand a little more clearly, how does the Holy Spirit speak? How can I know that it is Him? Well, I've really simplified this. Let me just mention two ways that the Spirit might speak to you. Number one, by placing a thought in your mind. Sometimes God will just give you a thought. Now, that doesn't mean every thought you have is from God. Can't be. Because some of our thoughts don't even, they're not even the same as another thought. That's why the Bible says, test the spirits. But many times, a thought will come into your mind, and you're going to just know that it's God. You'll just know it. I'll give you a recent illustration. I was coming to church Sunday is a week ago. And I was scheduled to preach both morning services, and I did. But when I drove in the parking lot and got in the place where I was parking turned off my car, I started thinking about a friend. And I knew that that man's wife was critically ill. And it was like God said to me, send him a text. It's probably about 9.15 on Sunday morning. Service starts at 9, maybe it's 10 after 9. I don't like to get here early. I'll stay late, but I don't like to get here early. Because I want my mind to be on what I'm doing when I walk up here. I don't want my mind to be on 15 other things. So I'll stay as long as you want to stay, but I'm not going to get here early. But uh, I got my phone, and I sent that man a text. And I said, hey, I just fixed and go preach, but I wanted you to know I was thinking about you, and I was praying for you. And I gave him a scripture verse, that uh, uh, two verses that I hoped would be a blessing to him. Now, as it turned out, his wife died that same day. And when I got word later in the day that his wife had died, I thought, well, that really was God. I mean, I thought it was God, but then I just thought, well, it's, whether it's God or not, it's a nice thing to do. So I sent the text. But when I found out his wife died the same day, I thought, well, now, that's, isn't that just like God? Before I go out there and preach, God said, text your friend and tell him you're praying for him and give him that verse of Scripture. And I gave him a verse talking about how God speaks to us through the Word. I gave him... Now, this is an aside, but you might want to write this down. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 2 and 3. And the reason I'm sharing this is because I just got finished saying sometimes God speaks to us through His Word, or often He does. Isaiah 43, verses 2 and 3. Listen to this. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. 
When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And I said to that man, I pray today that this verse will be your experience and your family's experience. That as you pass through the waters and you walk through, go through the rivers and the fire and so on, that God will be close to you. So sometimes God just speaks to us through His Spirit. Now, another way, or I'm sorry, by giving a thought in our mind. That's how His Spirit speaks. He'll place a thought in our mind. And then sometimes what the Holy Spirit will do, He will bring a Scripture verse to our memory. A verse that maybe we knew a long time ago or a verse we halfway know. And there have been, I was counting them up today, I think, and I'm sure there have been more than this, but there have been four times in my life when the Holy Spirit at critical times has brought a verse to my mind that spoke, I mean, I needed it and I received it and he spoke that verse to me that scripture passage to me. And so sometimes God will just bring a scripture to your memory. Do you remember how Jesus described the Holy Spirit? I believe it's in John 16. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will bring to your mind, will bring to your memory everything that I've taught you. So the more Bible that you have in your mind, the more things you can remember. You can't remember what you don't know. Now, God may just tell you a verse you never even heard of. Again, God can do what he wants to do. But if you just have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of verses tucked away in your mind, then it's going to be much easier for God to bring one of them to memory. That's why the little booklet we made about hiding God's word in our heart, and we're redoing that. We'll hopefully have it back maybe in a few months. But it's going to have over 600, the new version, over 650 verses, over 20 verses a day. And, you know, there have been some days I read that and I think, well, I need to just focus on one of these verses. And some days I'll do, I'll do that. But, you know, some days I read it and I just think, you know, today I'm not, I'm not even trying to. You can't meditate on 20 verses at a time. And I'm not going to even try to pull one out to meditate on. What I'm going to do is what this book is called. I'm going to just hide these verses in my heart. And I'm putting them down in there. I'm not going to try to germinate on 20 verses as I go through the day I'll get dizzy if I do that I'm not going to try to do that I'm just hiding them in my heart putting them in there then I'll think about something else or maybe I some days I do think about one of them but what I'm saying is if the word has been hidden in your heart then the Holy Spirit can bring it back to you and help you to remember it at just the right time so that's when you have a Bible verse come to your mind uh, that's of God and that's what One of the ways that God speaks to you. And then another way that God speaks to us, the third way, is through circumstances. God speaks to us through circumstances, just the way things play out in life. Now, we have to be careful here, or at least if you're like me, you have to be careful, because I'm I'm somewhat of, of, when it comes to God, I'm I'm very sentimental, almost a mystic, if not a mystic, Uh, and by that I simply mean that, uh, you know, with, with God, I, if anything, I would be guilty with tracing God through the sky and with oh, sometimes overreading circumstances. And so what I'm saying is sometimes when you're going through a circumstance, don't make a judgment on the circumstance. Give it a little time. I'll give you an example. I was talking to a young man in our church recently and uh, 
godly young man. He and his wife are a wonderful couple. And he called me on the phone and he said, uh, John, because he feels like and they feel like that God is calling them into the ministry. And he said, we have been contacted by a church in another state. And he said, somehow they got our name. And they, and he told me the long story about how this church, had, and he said, I just, I just know by the way this whole thing has played out that this is God's will. It just has too many coincidences to be anything other than God's will. And he told me this long story. And it did, to be honest with you, it did sound like something that could be God's will. But when he was telling me that story, I said to him, I said, well, you know, it may be God's will, and you and your wife may end up going to this particular church. I said, but let me just give you, I don't want to rain on your parade or dampen your spirit. I said, but let me give you this little nugget. Whether you go to this church or not is yet to be seen. But I do believe that God has brought this situation along so that you and your wife can go up there and figure out what his will is. But just because all these ducks are lining up in a row like that, that doesn't necessarily mean it's God's will for you to move. Well, I could tell when I said that he didn't really want to hear it, but he was respectful. And so they went up there, and they came back, and I've met with them, and time went by. And into that story is he called me, and he said, Well, you know, John, he said, I believe God was in the whole situation. But as it turns out, I just don't think it's God's will for us to move up there. And I thought to myself, well, I, knew, I didn't know if it was God's will or not. I just knew that just because all those things were lining up, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's God. I mean, if you're looking for a new house and you go home tonight and you drive by a house and it says for sale, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's God's will for you to buy that house. And, I mean, what I'm saying is God does speak to us through circumstances, but not, you can't just isolate a circumstance. You have to bring these other things in. How about the Bible? Am I going to get way in debt buying this house? How about his spirit? How about, this is the fourth way. Let me mention after circumstances, sometimes God speaks to us through other people. God spoke to Samuel through Eli. God has spoken to me in my life through countless numbers of people. I'm trying to know God's will. What does God want me to do in this situation? What does the Bible say? I'm praying about it. What is the Spirit saying? What do circumstances seem to be saying? And it's been through many times through other people that God has spoken to me. I look out there tonight and see three of our special ladies, Linnell Hatfield, Claudia Atwood, and Tommy Lee. Love them like family. and Love their husbands. Their husbands have all gone to be with the Lord. And I was very close to all three of their husbands. And do you know, I can look back on different times in my life when each of those men was used of God to be a blessing to me, each one of them. I remember one New Year's Eve, I'll just use one of the examples of those three. One New Year's Eve, the teenagers, the senior adults come up here on New Year's Eve like crazy people and play games till midnight. And I come up here till about eight o'clock and go home and get in my pajamas and turn on the ball game. But one night, back in about 01 or 02, I'd come up here and had a prayer over them. Then they were going to play games, and I'm not really very good at games, so I just went on home, and I was walking out. We were in phase one, and I was walking out, getting ready to go out to my car. Cold, New Year's Eve, rainy, foggy. You know how the weather is on New Year's Eve. 
And right when I got to the door, I heard a man's voice say, John, hang on a second. And I looked back, and it was Bill Hatfield. And he said, hey, I want to say something to you before you leave. And I said, hey, man, what's going on? And he said to me what he had to say that night. And when he got finished saying, it took him about 10 minutes. I knew in my heart that through that man, I had had a word from God. And I got in, walked out, parking lot, got in my car, drove home. I don't even know, Linnell, if I ever told Bill that. I think I did. But I remember driving home that night thinking, I just, heard, I just got a word from God through Bill Hatfield. And so sometimes God will speak to us through another person. Be sensitive, especially a person who loves God and serious about God. And then the last way that God will speak to us is through peace. That's why I'm saying you have to take all these other pieces and put them together. Just because a circumstance may make you think, well, it's God's will. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Through peace. Again, Colossians 3.15, one of my favorite verses. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Say that with me. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And so when you're trying to make a decision, that word rule literally means umpire. It's baseball season right now. You go down to Minute Maid Park and you watch a game and that pitcher throws the ball and that batter's watching that ball come in. That batter's thinking that ball is low and outside. I'm not swinging. That's a ball. That pitcher who just released it's watching it. He said, man, that's right down the pipe. That is a strike. Well, if it were left up to the pitcher and the batter, they never could make a decision. The game would never end. So Major League Baseball hires an umpire. And they say to the umpire, you make the final call. Don't worry about what the batter thinks. Don't worry about the pitch. You make the call. In Colossians 3.15, when it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. That word rule literally means umpire. And what the Bible is saying is, when you're trying to make a decision, you're trying to interpret circumstances, people are telling you sometimes different things, you're praying and you can't get a clear read from... Here's how you make the decision. What do you feel peaceful about? Because whatever you feel peaceful about, now this is if you're walking in the Spirit, whatever you feel peaceful about is God's answer for you. God would never tell you to violate peace or to go against your conscience. God would say, follow your conscience. Let your conscience be your guide as long as God is the one guiding your conscience. And let peace be the rule. So whatever you feel peaceful about, do it. That's God's will. So that leads me to say tonight, whatever you're thinking about doing and you've been through those processes or that process, whatever you feel peaceful about, you do it tonight. And so even as you're listening to this, some may think, you know what? I feel peaceful about getting saved. <laughs> I feel peaceful about joining this church. I feel peaceful about coming for my baptism. Just down in my heart, I know it's right. I know it's God. Well, then you've got your answer. And so the only thing for you to do is to step out and come forward.